there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 164 of the Burned In Teacher podcast, where I'm going to answer the Ask BIT question, what systems do you already put in place before the school year begins to help you manage your overwhelm? Now, obviously, it's not the beginning of the school year. However, I truly believe that we can always create a new beginning whenever things aren't going quite as we had hoped that they would. So let's dive into this episode. I'll see you inside. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom, and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, Burn-In Teachers? Welcome into episode 164, where I'm going to share my top three systems for managing overwhelm before and during the school year. We'll talk about after the school year is over later on in this season, closer to the end of the school year. I really want to focus on what is within our control right now and how we can do a hard reset if things are not going the way that we had hoped. So over the last few episodes, we've been talking a lot about how it is that we can manage these feelings of disappointment, frustration, overwhelm. You know, I talked about, you know, what should we do if the October blues are not staying in October? And then you also heard recently an interview that I did with my friend Brittany Blackwell about what it is that we can do to combat our addiction to stress. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, I would highly recommend that you either push pause on this one and go back over the last couple of episodes and check those out because this is going to be a great bookend to this kind of discussion about what it is that we can do if you are really struggling with those Uh, winter or fall blues, and you really are just (laughs) living in this cycle, um, either uh, this cycle of burnout through the last couple of months, or you've realized this habit of starting the year strong and then falling into this lull around, you know, late September, October, especially around the holidays. And I'm really going to share with you some deep, thoughtful suggestions and strategies to help you to pull out of that lull. 
Now, if you are new around here, hello, my name is Amber Harper. I am creator of Burned In Teacher, burnedinteacher.com, the Burned In Teacher podcast, all things Burned In. And I want you to know that you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't hesitate to connect with me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all at Burned In Teacher. And of course, on the newest platform, Teachers Pay Teachers. Now I'll be talking about this a little bit at the end of this podcast episode because my friends, I'm telling you from experience, I everything that I create are things that I use or have used or will use when I am struggling, especially when I'm struggling with overwhelm and frustration and stress, okay? So this has been such a long time coming to be on Teachers Pay Teachers, and I'm so excited to share resources with you to help you to take even one small step forward for yourself. So whether or not you've read the book, these resources are going to be so extremely helpful in you really processing your burnout and using it as an opportunity to grow yourself, all right? So these resources are centered centered around the burned in teacher process and are specifically built for different burnout types. So go to teacherspayteachers.com and search burned in teacher. You can put the dash in there between burned and in if you'd like, or you can just search burned in and I'll pop up. And before we dive in, I also want to tell you thank you so much for all of the ratings and reviews that I've gotten lately, especially on the Apple iTunes app. And I want to share with you a rating and review that I got from Aaron Doubler. Thank you so much, Aaron, for this very sweet rating and for this five-star review. Aaron said, good for non-teachers too. I'm not a teacher, but work in education and every single one of her episodes are relevant to me. Even people who work in non-education can glean something from this show. Her advice always hits me in the heart. Aaron, thank you so much for saying that. You know, I've been told many times that the Burned in Teacher podcast, Hacking Teacher Burnout, you know, this platform that was built for teachers by a teacher, and I am a current teacher in the classroom today, um, that these strategies and these mindset shifts and these steps can be applicable to many different careers. Because you may or may not know this, but burnout just doesn't just touch teachers. Burnout touches many people, millions of people around the globe in the service industry. And so if you know a nurse or you know uh, somebody else who has a different career but they're struggling with burnout, I I can tell you that this would definitely be a great process to share with them because it really is meant to help anybody who's struggling with burnout to take steps forward and not to root themselves deep into this misery because it's just – It's not a place to stay. I've been there. And the reason that I call it Burned In Teacher and I built this process for teachers is because I've only ever been a teacher. And I know what it feels like to be in the depths of this burnout. So thanks again, Erin. I really appreciate you opening the perspective of people to know that this process is applicable to many different careers. So let's dive into today's episode where I'm going to share with you um, what are some systems that are already that I'm already putting in place to help manage my overall? Now I have to tell you, this question was actually asked of me um, by one of my very good friends, Alexis Shepard, over there at the Afro Educator. If you have not followed her before, and if, if you've not heard me talk about her before, she and I are great friends. We met on Instagram a couple of years ago. She's been on the podcast. She actually has her has her own podcast now, the Afro Educator Podcast. Go ahead and give her a follow on Instagram and DM her and tell her that I sent you her way. <laughs> 
Okay. So um, this question was asked from Alexis back before the school year started. And part of me, as I was going through these questions that people have asked me from all over the world, I thought, you know, maybe I should wait until next season, you know, in the fall of 2023 to answer this question. But you know what? Here's the thing. I think that we can always be reevaluating our systems. We can always be adopting, adjusting, and abandoning our beliefs or our systems if they're not working for us. We can be adopting new, new ideas and ways of doing things for the sake of our own well-being and for the success of ourselves and our students. So here's her complete question. What systems are you already putting in place to help manage your overwhelm? Like, for example, what classroom systems do you establish during this time before students get back that you feel is going to help to set you up for success this school year? So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with you my top three systems for managing overwhelm before and during the school year, okay? I do want to tell you I'm going to do a lot of uh, sharing with you a lot of the reflective questions that I go through not just at the beginning of the year, not just in December at the, you know, in the middle of the year, but daily. These three things I keep top of mind all the time when things are or are not going well. Because I have to admit, there are times where I really celebrate how great things are going. And I know it's because I consistently come back to these things. So you're really going to want to check out the show notes on this episode. They're going to be really, really helpful in you, you know, really reflecting on your own systems for managing or rather lack thereof managing your overwhelm before school and during the school year right now, especially if you're dealing with those October blues and hey, it's December now. So if they're still following you into December, we got to do something different, okay? So I suggest grabbing a pen and a paper or jumping into the show notes at burnedinteacher.com slash podcast, okay? So here's what I do before school starts. I'm going to share with you my top three systems, and then I'm going to go a little bit deeper into each one before school starts. And I'm going to share with you those same three systems and how those look a little different in after the first month of school, okay? Because as we all know, the first month of school is a lot different, or it should be, in my opinion, should look a lot different than the months following that first month where you're setting yourself up for success. Anyway, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So Let's start with before school starts. So the three, the three things that I always come back to, my, my top three systems are number one, consider my core values. Number two, prioritize. And number three, set future me up for success. Okay? So you're going to hear those three things again because I'm going to share with you how I use those in the middle or during the school year, even after the first month. Every single day, every single week, I come back to these three things, okay? So before the school start school year starts, the first thing I do is consider my core values. So I have three different sets of core values. Now, don't get overwhelmed. I have been doing this for years, ever since I started Burned In Teacher back in 2016. So I feel like I'm at more of an advanced level. If you want to have have general core values for your entire life as a teacher, personally, and in your classroom, that's great. The, the really m- most important thing here is that you're reflecting somehow on your core values, okay? So number one, my classroom core values are calm and simple. So these words are what I want other teachers, administrators, parents, and even students to use to describe my classroom. So if I want them to use these words, then I have to set my classroom up to match my core values. All right. 
The next thing is I want to consider my teacher core values. I want people to describe me as kind and joyful. Again, go back to those other teachers, administrators, parents, students. I want them to say, wow, she's so kind and she's so joyful. Like she genuinely enjoys her job. And if I want to be known as that, I have to prepare my classroom to reflect kindness and joy. I have to reflect on my attitude and the things that I'm saying and the things that I'm doing every day and really thinking about if those thoughts, if those words, if those behaviors are exuding kindness and joy. Okay, so um, are my am I teaching lessons that teach kindness and joy? Because if I'm going to be kind and joyful, I want to work with students who are kind and joyful as well. And trust me, it takes work. It takes intention. Like I intentionally teach daily examples and ways that we can show kindness and be joyful. Okay. The next part of this system is I want to decide on my personal core core values. So outside of school, I'm not just a teacher all day. I'm a human being. I'm a mom. I'm a wife, right? Like I'm a friend. So my top personal core values are family and health. So I consistently have to come back to, am I keeping family and health front and center when I'm not at school? And of course, even when I'm at school, right? Like my family will always be number one. I would leave my classroom for the, at the drop of a hat if they needed me, right? And of course, my health. Now, for me, I know that me taking my care of my mental health and my physical health and my emotional health is going to help me to be a better teacher. And if this is new to you, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I cover, you know, I, I cover all of these things in many different episodes. But again, I've been on this journey for a while, so don't compare your beginning to my middle, okay? So family and health, always front and center. Of course, there have to be adjustments, okay? You know, that's the definition of balance. We're going to get into that in just a moment. And finally, the last step of this, this system that I have for considering my core values is, do any of these need to be changed or adjusted to match my current season of life? Now, remember, right now we're focusing on the beginning of the school year, before school starts, okay? Every year I really think about, have, have things changed like do I want to adjust my classroom uh, core core values? Do I want to adjust my teacher core values? Um, and are, have my personal core values changed? Okay. Chances are for me, they probably won't ad- adjust a whole lot. They did change a lot there at the beginning of my burnout journey, but typically they stay pretty much the same. Okay. All right. Here's system two that I really highly value. Okay. Especially before the school year starts. It's number one, prioritizing. Keeping the main thing the main thing. If I start my year keeping the focus on what is the most important thing for me to be doing first, then I am really putting my my best foot forward and I'm really setting myself up for success, okay? And that actually goes into the third system, okay? But I don't want to get ahead of myself. So the second system is prioritization. So number one, is my room organized? Is it clean? Is it bare? Is it simple? before the the students start? If it's not, then I am not honoring my core values. Do you see how this is working together? I am not going to have a calm and simple classroom if my walls are not calm and simple. 
if the setup of the classroom is not calm and simple. If I've got stuff stacked all over the place and I've got a ton of place for new students' eyes to look at um, and to follow around and be distracted by when the kids first walk in, that's not a calm, simple classroom. My walls are pretty much bare when school starts, even at back to school night, because my goal is not to impress parents with my fancy fonts and my um, extremely colorful banners and, and bulletin boards, okay? Now, if that's you, you do you, boo. Like, there's no judgment here. But for me, it just, I used to do that and it was just too much. It was too much for me. It was too much for my students, okay? So is my room organized? Is it clean? Is it simple? Is it calm? All right, is it clear where my students are setting? Uh, sitting rather, and am I being intentional with what I have made available for them for the first two or three days of school? I don't have everything out and available to them, right? Like it's not necessary. I have to teach them my expectations for every little thing, even pencils, when I put them in front of them. Now remember, I teach kindergarten, so maybe your situation is a little different. Maybe it's not. Maybe you never taught them those systems and procedures, and maybe that's why they are misusing these materials. I don't know. I don't know your day-to-day life, but it's something to consider, right? Okay, here's the next step in really prioritizing the most important thing for the first couple of days of school. And I only, like, in that first week before school when I'm, you know, in my room the most, because typically I don't come into the classroom before, you know, two weeks, you know, before day one, is I want to make sure um, what has to be done for days one and two to run smoothly. That's all I focus on. What has to be done for days one and two. So um, I will choose to focus on those things first before I worry about anything. I uh, This includes like, do the students know where they will sit? What routines and procedures will I teach in that order? Oh, also when they sit down, what will they be doing? Okay, like they walk in the room, what's going to be at their table space for them? Um, And what will we actually be doing during those two days? What will those two days look like? So I will look at my slideshows for those first two days. And I do teach from Google Slides. Um, I don't know what your style of teaching is, but I actually use Google Slides as my lesson plans. And I create a new slide deck for each week. So these first two days of school have their own slide deck. So I can go back into those from this year, rename them to reflect the new school year and the new dates, and I can just make, <clears throat> excuse me, I can just make adjustments um, for what this these two days will look like or three days. You know, typically if we start school, um, you know, on a Wednesday, then I, I, those first three days are a lot different than the first full week of school. Okay. So I just really um, take that into account. All right. And then finally, I'm preparing my lessons. I'm making the copies and I have at least two or three books ready per day. Okay. Just as a go-to, if we need something simple, if as I'm teaching them procedures of how we sit at the carpet, how we raise our hands, you know, I use um, Andriana Zaravska's work inside of the Active Educator for my classroom management, behavior management. So I'm teaching them the mighty three. Um, and, and reading books is a great way to do that. So um, that's prioritized. That's my second system at before the school year starts. And finally, the third system is I set future me up for success. So I'm looking ahead at the upcoming week. Now, as I said, I use Google Slides. So I am always able to use the previous year's slides, make a copy of them or rename them, and then adjust those slides. But before I even do that, 
okay? I want you to take a step back from this. I want you to look at what the week following the first few days of school will look like personally and professionally. Like you're going to get out your personal calendar, your school calendar, whatever calendars you use. You're looking ahead at your life, not just the school day. You're looking ahead at your life for the upcoming week to see how much time you can dedicate to school. Okay, so this is where I use my time budgeter, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in, um, in in just a few minutes. But I make out my time budget, and I plan ahead for work-life balance. Work-life balance is not going to come to me if I don't plan for it to happen. I am the only one who is going to be able to create work-life balance in my life. Now, does that mean life is always perfect? Abso-freaking-lutely not, <laughs> okay? But at the beginning of the year, I know that I am going to plan on staying at school later than I will after the first month. Like I always typically give myself the first four weeks of school to dedicate more time than I typically will because I'm setting up these systems. I am creating momentum for what I need to build a sustainable career for this school year. And if I don't make school a priority those first few weeks, then Life is going to be a little chaotic because I'm not going to be prepared. I'm not going to have the things ready that I need in order to build that momentum like I already said. So this is where I really do create a time budget. I create a time allowance. I really batch and block things together. I really – and again, like – I'm, I'm looking at this past August when we first started school and I'm thinking about what it was that I was doing then that I'm still doing now and a lot of that foundational work was done at the beginning of the school year, before school even started really. And I'm in my 14th year. So this is not something that will come um, right away if you've never done this before. It's not. It might be very different and you will have to make time for this to become a habit. But I promise you it is so, so worth it. Sitting down, deciding how many hours you want to work in the upcoming week or how many hours you can work, and then really planning that out in your calendar and deciding, you know, again, I'm going back to my personal core values. When am I planning time for health? When am I planning time for family? And that becomes my why to leave. Okay, that that that's a different kind of why than you may have heard of before. Like typically we are told to remember our why for teaching. No, that's not typically where I go. <laughs> I think about why I teach for me as well as why I teach for my students. And I love the flexibility that teaching offers me in life. That's my own personal opinion and that's my own personal um mission statement and why. Um, We're going to talk about mission statement another day, but really think about how you can set future you up for success. Okay. You might need to take a quick deep breath, push pause, maybe take a quick walk because I'm going to quickly share with you now what I do during the year to come back to these systems because I don't leave these three systems behind just because it's October or November or December or March for that matter, I'm consistently adjusting, abandoning, and adopting to match what my needs are and what my students' needs are in the classroom, okay? So I'm going to go back to this again. After the first few months, you know, around mid-September for me, because we started school, we typically start school early August, um, I'm consistently considering my core values in my classroom as a teacher, and as my personal self, okay? So number one, I go back to the classroom. 
Is my classroom calm and simple or has it become overcomplicated and messy? Am I keeping lessons and expectations simple? Are my students aware of my expectations of them? Do we revisit those expectations often? And what's going well and what's not? What do I have control over? What don't I? And what are my next steps from there? And the second thing I consider is my teacher brand or um, my teacher core values. Am I feeling kind and joyful? If I'm not, some adjustments need to be made. Am I modeling kindness and joy amidst our busy schedules and unpredictable student behaviors? How am I teaching my students that kindness and joy are still possible even when things don't go our way? Like I'm modeling this to them and that's really important to me. Am I taking care of myself so that I have the energy needed to remain calm, kind, and joyful in stressful times? So this goes back to my personal core values, family and health. I'm constantly adjusting and readjusting as life happens. I'm asking myself what's going well, what's not, what's within my control, what's not, and what do I need to adopt, adjust, and abandon in order to make my core values rise to the top and make them consistently visible to other people. This isn't about impressing other people. It's about making sure that I'm keeping the main things the main things. And if I'm doing that, then it's going to be very easy for people to predict the type of person that I'm going to be when I show up for an early morning meeting. People are going to know what they can expect of me, and that's going to help them to count on me and to know that I am going to be the person that I want to be. And if I'm not that person, they're going to know something's up. Okay, uh, we recently lost our dog. Um, he, he died in his sleep very unexpectedly. And people knew something was up the next day, you know, when we came back to school. Now, it happened on a Saturday morning, but um, yesterday when I came to school on Monday morning, people could tell, people could tell something was up. I, people asked me if I wasn't feeling well, and they asked if everything was okay. Um, I wasn't my joyful self. And people could tell because it wasn't normal for me to be kind of mopey or to have um, <laughs> to have swollen eyes. You know, it, it's not normal. And so I want to I want to ask you to consider your normal. I want you to ask I want to ask you to consider your core values and if you're making those very clear and visible. Okay, I'm going to go back to the second uh, system that I have is prioritization. Am I always keeping the main thing the main thing, or am I allowing myself to be distracted by new and shiny? So for me, this is being done with um, work, uh, being done with work at contract time. Most days, I want to be done with work by 3.30 so that I can work on Burned In Teacher, which you know is my love, and I can help my teachers who are in the course, those who are in the Burned In Teacher membership. I can communicate with people that are going to be on the podcast, and I can create podcasts, <laughs> you know, all working with my team. I won't be able to do those things if I don't prioritize the most important things. So here are some questions I ask myself. Am I planned one week in advance before I leave for home by Thursday the week before? If not, why? What will I need to do differently in order to keep myself focused on my job title and my responsibilities? Because ultimately, I'm the only one who's going to be able to adjust my focus if it needs to be readjusted. Are there things I can take off of my own plate that are distracting me from the main thing? which is leaving at contract time, okay? Now, I say this and, 
y'all, I'm, I'm in the classroom with you. Like I know there are things that happen out of our control. I know our playing time gets taken sometimes. I know that we get sick. I know that we have sick kids. I, things don't go our way. So this is why I'm telling you how important prioritization is because if you're setting future you up for success, which is the next system I'm going to share with you, it's going to be easier for you to readjust and reprioritize when things happen, when things don't go your way. And I can tell you when I am the most stressed and most frustrated and most overwhelmed is when I have not kept the main thing the main thing. When I have not made sure my schedule is tight and my lessons are tight and my stuff is prepared a week or two in advance. So I do that by setting future me up for success. So I'm always looking ahead to following weeks and months. So do you do you know what's coming? I do. Because I don't just do this at the beginning of the year and I don't just do it in December. I do this every single week. I am preparing ahead of time for upcoming breaks, personal appointments, meetings, conferences, absences, you name it. I try my best to be prepared for those things that are coming up in the future because I know they're going to come. So what can I begin to do now to set future me up for success? Now, the first thing for you, if you're new around here or you have a really negative stuck mindset is changing that mindset. And for me, this was really hard because I was stuck deep into that victim mode, right? And if you've heard my story um, back from 2014, like I was blaming everybody else for my lack of um, preparedness, for my lack of feeling supported. Like I had to focus on what I could do, which was support myself. And that's what you're doing here. So this doesn't happen once a year. It it happens weekly. (laughs) I have a Sunday. I have about an hour every Saturday or Sunday. And if I'm being honest, if the weekend is crazy or we're traveling for some reason, I'll do it on Monday. Uh, But I know it's going to get done every single week. All right. So as I look ahead, I look at my calendar for the upcoming week of school and the upcoming week or two weeks of personal life. And I'm creating space for me to plan ahead because I need to prepare for there to be less time to plan. I need to prepare to have less energy because I know that there are ups and downs to those times every single week. So in order to set future me for success, um, I am constantly adjusting and readjusting my time allowances for each week and my budget depending on upcoming appointments, meetings, conferences, like I said. So I'm constantly ready for those upcoming changes to our schedules. And finally, Who will I ask for help if I'm going to need it? And what boundaries do I need to set? What do I need to say no to in the upcoming weeks or months if things are going to be a little um, abnormal, okay? So am I going to have to ask for help from my husband, from my teaching partner, and heck, maybe even my students? Maybe I'm going to talk to them about how we're going to make some adjustments to our classroom routines in order to make up for the things that aren't working well or that we will need to do um, to be a little bit more flexible during an upcoming week or two. And what do I need to say no to? What do I need to back away from? Um, Maybe for a little bit and maybe for good, okay? Listen, managing overwhelm and stress is a balancing act. It doesn't always go as planned and it doesn't always look super pretty. It has been my experience that the more I look ahead, the less I focus on these moments of challenges because that's what they are. They are simply a moment in time. And the more we keep our heads up in order to look ahead, the less we're looking down and staring at our feet that could be firmly planted and rooted rooted in survival mode. So I really want you to take this seriously. 
I keep my head up. I am always looking forward. And I found in the times that I'm the most frustrated is because I'm focusing so hard on a tiny moment in time that most of the time is completely out of my control. And these three things that I'm sharing with you today, these three systems are always within your control. Okay, so I have some resources I'd like to quickly share with you to help you to do everything that I've shared with you today. So the first thing I talked about was focusing and considering your core values. And in order to do that, I have a TPT product called Burned and Teacher Personal Mission Statement Workbook where we start with your core values and we help you to create a professional and a personal mission statement. So when you download this resource, you're going to determine your core values, figure out who your people are in different areas of your life, and establish your purpose, and then write out your own mission statement. So check that out on TPT. Next, I want to make sure that you know about the Burned In Teacher Time Budgeter Worksheet. So this is where I was talking about helping you to plan for work-life balance, okay? So if you're, you know, feeling out of balance, all right, that's what this worksheet was built to teach you how to budget your time so that you not only have enough time to tackle your to-do list at school, but also have time to do the things that bring you joy or that have to be done outside of school as part of, you know, being a living, working adult, right? So this time budget worksheet will provide you with a system to find and create balance between your personal and professional life so that you can live that happier, more fulfilled life. So with this resource, you're going to learn how to create the time allowance, get resources to find out how to budget your time allowance per day and then create efficiency in tackling your to-do list by batching and blocking those tasks. So I'm going to give you everything that you need inside of this project to product to do that. And third, I want to share with you the Burned In Teacher Priority Planning Guide. So this is the day-to-day work. This is looking even deeper um, inside of your time budget and time allowance to help you to learn how to determine your high-priority tasks so that you're able to create a plan for when you'll complete those tasks per day and helping you after doing this for for a couple of weeks, you're going to start to create a weekly planning ritual, which is so important and something that I I believe so strongly in. Now, I want to tell you, we have bundled these three um, these three products together for you. So check it out in TPT. It's one of the first bundles we've ever created, and it really is about helping you to create better work-life balance and to avoid that overwhelm. So I would say if you are a burned and unbalanced teacher, this is definitely going to be a great bundle for you to check out on Teachers Pay Teachers. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening today. And I know if you take these systems and strategies to heart, you are going to start to see your overwhelm decrease and your sustainability increase. But I want to remind you, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's going to take discipline and intention, but I know you can do it. Now take a deep breath because I know you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of burned in teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the burned in teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.